0: Welcome to the MLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Temple of the Holy Ghost, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at NLCCLancaster.com. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, ye are not your own, but ye have been bought with a price. Therefore, just as Judy Brown came to this pulpit to glorify God in her body, she also glorified God in her spirit because her body and her spirit belong to God. I speak to you today from this thought The temple of the Holy Ghost. You may be seated. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? Ye are not your own. I'm so glad that I understand today the fact that I have been bought and you have been bought with a price and that we are here to glorify him. Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 11, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. The reason I'm excited today that we are the temple, not only this congregation, we are the body of Christ, but each of us individually, we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and that happened through the operation of God. God cut away the stony heart out of our flesh and gave us a new heart. He made us a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and behold all things have become new. This is an exciting day to be living for Jesus Christ. To know that you know him to know that you are his. I don't know how people face everyday circumstances without him because with him there is always hope. With him there is always a future. And you and I have been made in his image and in his likeness, we are the body of Christ. In First Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now I speak to you today about the temple of the Holy Ghost. It takes a transformation. A transformation is required if we are to live for Jesus Christ in this grace dispensation. That transformation is a born again experience. I would say to you at the outset today, redemption, regeneration, remission, restoration are promised to those who would be born again of the water and of the spirit. His spirit is being outpoured upon all flesh in the 21st century. According to John chapter seven, starting at verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But thus spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But it wasn't long until he went to Calvary, He gave up the ghost. He was buried in a borrowed sepulcher. Three days later, he came out of that grave. And when he came out of the grave, you know that he came out with a glorified body in so much that he did not have to open a door to walk in where his disciples were at in an upper room. He walked in to that room without opening a door because he now has a glorified body. Well, the good news is this. You and I, we are the temple of Jesus Christ. You have to think about that. The same God, the eternal God, that came down overshadowed the Virgin Mary. That which was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. She gave birth to Jesus Christ, all man, all God, dual nature. He was God, yet he was man. And here he is occupying the body that Mary produced in by being overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, and she brought forth a child in Bethlehem. You have to think about the eternal God now robed in flesh came to this earth so he could identify with us. He said, I'm going to occupy this flesh, this body. And there he is, Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That which was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. And so now we have the God man. We have God manifested in the flesh. 33 and a half years later, he's talking to his disciples. There is an ascension, but before he goes, he says to them Go ye into Jerusalem. And tarry until you be endued, just like Mary was, with power from on high. Because just as I have occupied this body and this flesh that has now been glorified, I am going to occupy my body in the earth, and that will be my church, the ecclesia, the called out, the redeemed. He was saying to them, I'm going to be in your body and I'm going to live inside of you. I am with you now, but I shall be in you. Now his flesh died, rose again, and that's when that flesh was glorified and that's when he ascended. Well, until our glorification, our bodies are not perfect, but we've got the perfect God on the inside of us. And I've got news for you, one of these days, This mortal is going to put on immortality. And this corruption is going to put on incorruption. And we shall be changed in the moment and the twinkling of an eye and be able to say, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that uh, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you right now, you are the body of Christ. You are his body on this earth. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, but thus spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. And now you and I know that the Holy Ghost has been given and we are the vessels of the Holy Ghost in this house today. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have to think about that. The same God. God. The same God that walked into Simon Peter's house in Capernaum in Mark chapter 2 the same God that was there when four men tore the roof off of Simon's house and let their lame man friend down to where Jesus was. Jesus was in Simon's house in Capernaum. They tore Simon's roof off. They let the man down to where Jesus was. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Thy sins be forgiven thee, take up thy bed and walk, and immediately he was healed. Now fast forward to the upper room. Simon Peter is in that upper room on the day of Pentecost, and he is now filled with the Holy Ghost. He understands that the, I feel Holy Ghost in this house. He understands that the same Jesus that walked into his house in Capernaum and healed a man that was lame, that same Jesus, after an upper room experience, is now living on the inside of him. He was in my house physically in Capernaum, but he's in my heart through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why he and John could walk up to the gate called Beautiful, and there's a lame man that's been brought there, and the lame man looks at Simon and Peter expecting to receive alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have I not. But what I do have, the same Jesus that was in my house in Capernaum that healed a lame man is the same Jesus that's on the inside of my heart. In the name of Jesus, he took him by the hand and said, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. Can I tell you that you've got the same Holy Ghost, the same power, the same God, the same healer, the same deliverer, the same God on the inside of you today because you are the vessel of the Holy Ghost somebody said praise God that's exciting to me to think that Jesus Christ the eternal God lives on the inside of you and on the inside of me. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is the comforter living within us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which means that Jesus Christ is our strength. And when the Lord Jesus Christ lives in you, he gives you power over sin. He gives you command over the spirit of the age. He gives you authority over the adversity that the enemy brings against you. I'm glad today to announce that the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of this church. Not just this building, but the inside of every born-again believer. And the Holy Ghost is described in the Word of God this way. In Acts 1 and 8... The Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you is called power from heaven. Ephesians 4, it's a seal and a promise. In 1 Corinthians 10 it's living water. In 1 Corinthians 12, it's a mighty baptism. In 2 Corinthians 1, it's the earnest of our inheritance. In Isaiah 28, it's the rest and the refreshing whereby we are restored. In John 14, he's the comforter. In John 3, he's a new birth experience. In Romans 8, it's the spirit of adoption. Romans 9, it's the spirit of Christ. Why are you sharing this, Pastor? Why is the Holy Ghost so essential today? Because it's necessary for salvation. It's necessary to lead into all truth. It's necessary to give you power and authority over the sins of this world. The Holy Ghost is necessary for salvation. If you look at Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you this is the day for everybody in this house to be filled with the Holy Ghost this is the day for everybody in this house to say Lord create in me a clean heart renew in me a right spirit make sure Lord that I have your spirit on the inside of me I want it does anybody want it today hallelujah I love the story of Dr. Cooley. This was back in the 70s. He, is the, he was the heart surgeon that performed the first heart transplant. I think it was interesting that where Sister Mildred Willis was at the Jewish hospital in Louisville, that's where the first artificial heart was ever placed in a person. And then later on, Dr. Cooley Actually, took a person that needed a new heart and Dr. Cooley took that heart out of uh, the man and there was a donor's heart that was placed inside of him and I remember the story of how they interviewed the man with the new heart and the man with the new heart in the interview said this. They said, what are you afraid of? And he said, the only thing I'm really afraid of is heart rejection. And they said, what does that mean? He said, that means that my body could reject this new heart. Heart rejection is what I have to guard against. And they said, well, how do you guard against this? And this was in Houston, Texas. He said, number one, I have the personal telephone of the doctor that gave me this heart. And if I have any symptoms whatsoever, I get a hold of the doctor. I'm also always close to the hospital. I know where I can go in a matter of minutes to get back to the hospital if I've got a problem with my heart. He said, I also understand that my body has now accepted this and I have a new beginning and I have a new life that has been given me. When I read that story many years ago, I will never forget the correlation that I saw because he... According to Ezekiel 36 and 26, a new heart, God said, will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. I love that scripture that talks about the great transformation that happens in the New Testament, having God take out the old heart. And give us a new heart now what do I do I'll tell you what I do I I don't want I don't want this new heart I'm not going to allow heart rejection to sit in therefore I've got his number I can call my doctor Jesus anytime day or night he told me to get a hold of him if you have any problems. Can I preach to somebody right now that may be having some problems with your spiritual heart? You're in the right place because you can call on him right now. He can fix your situation. I thank God for what doctors can do in the flesh, but what we're talking about is God taking out that stony heart and giving you a heart, hallelujah, after his own heart. There is something happening in this service. God wants to put a new heart within everybody that's here. You don't have to leave here the same way that you came. I prayed this prayer today in the prayer room. God, don't let anyone walk out of here without being transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can repent of your sins. You can be baptized in the powerful name of Jesus and have your sins washed away and Jesus will fill you with his spirit. That's a new heart, a new day, a new beginning. Hallelujah. It's in this house. And the news is this you can experience that today call him up call him up tell him what you want Hallelujah. David said in Psalm 51 and 10, Create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Titus 3 and 5, Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. I talked about this last week. How did he save us? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. When there is a washing of regeneration and there is a renewing of the Holy Ghost in a person's life, there there will be a tremendous transformation, revival, renewal in that individual's heart, in that family, in that church. My prayer for each of us today is oh God let your spirit flow through our minds and through our hearts and through our souls in this place of worship today. When the temple is right can I preach to you now? When the temple is right you cannot measure the blessings of God that's coming your way. I want to preach about the blessing of God here for those who have a new heart. The scripture says in the Old Testament that the sower will overtake the reaper. In other words... While you're sowing, usually there's several months before you reap the harvest. But the prophetic word of the Old Testament is this. As you're casting the seed, you're also gathering the harvest. That's what God wants in your life. That's what God wants in this church. God wants to bless this church with a tremendous harvest. And as we are sowing the seed, I believe there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a gathering. Get ready for it this fall. Get ready for it this morning. God wants to do a new work in somebody's heart today. Praise God. Some we're sowing the seed, but there's a harvest for others. There's a tremendous move of God, and you cannot outrun the blessing of God. The Old Testament tells us that they were overtaken by the blessing of God. The blessing of God overtook them. Can I just preach to you right now? Hallelujah. When you are the child of God, when you have a new heart, when you have dedicated yourself to him, can I preach to you right now? You cannot outrun the blessing of God. His blessing is going to catch up with you. His healing is going to catch up with you. His deliverance is going to catch up with you. What are you recommending, Pastor? I'm recommending you put on the brakes right now and stop where you're at and say, God, would you you touch me with your healing? Would you touch me with your deliverance? Would you touch? Would you overtake me? Does anybody want to be overtaken by God? Let the blessing of God overtake you today. It's so powerful that it cannot be measured. In closing, I share with you this thought you cannot measure the love of God. Let me say that again you cannot measure the love of God. God is love, He's immeasurable. The immensity of God is beyond our comprehension. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. That's his spirit. You cannot measure the love of God. Listen to Romans 5:5. And the hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad where? In our hearts, how? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You cannot measure the joy of the Lord. You can't measure his joy. Simon Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and 8, he said, whom having not seen ye love. Can I tell you right now, I love him. I love you, and I've seen you. But I love him, and I've never seen him. But he is as real to me as you are sitting here today. Hallelujah. Why, Pastor? Because he's on the inside of me. Praise God. You cannot measure the joy of the Lord. 1 Peter 1 and 8, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now you see him not, yet you believe. Ye rejoice with joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But I can tell you it's joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory. Hallelujah. You can't put a price tag on it. It's immeasurable. You can't put a price tag on it. You you cannot measure the peace of God. Three things you cannot measure. You can't measure his love. You can't measure his joy. And you cannot measure the peace of God. And all of these things are on the inside of us. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. It's the peace of God. You can't measure it. It goes past our understanding. And it keeps our hearts And our minds through Jesus Christ. Do you know why Sister Judy Brown could come here and testify about being the child of God, the temple of God? What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? She gets it. You know why she can come and testify the way she testified? It's because she's got the peace of God that passeth understanding. I've shared this with you, but when you get to the end of your ability to understand, I've talked to God about this in the last few months because some things I don't understand. You get to the edge of your understanding because we are man, we are flesh, we are Adam, We get to the edge of our ability to comprehend and perceive and know. And we say, I can understand here what's going on. I can understand this that's going on. I understand why this is going on. And then we get to the edge. And God takes us beyond our ability to understand. But it's there when you don't have an understanding or a reason or an answer that the peace of God that passive understanding keeps us there have been times when I had no idea what I was going to do it's beyond me it's beyond my understanding but the peace of God was there You can't measure the peace of God because it goes past your understanding. There's someone here today, I feel it in the Holy Ghost, that you just have reached the end. I think a lot of us have with what we're going on in our world. But can I tell you right now, when you've got him on the inside, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, takes us, he opens the door, he makes a way, he opens the possibilities. When you go beyond your understanding, some things I will never understand, but I've got peace about it. I've got peace about it, because God the Savior, the Redeemer, the one who's living on the inside of me this morning, he declared in Isaiah' prophetic word, he said, I am the Prince of Peace. So the idea is for you to trust him, trust his love, Trust his joy, trust his peace, because he is the prince of peace. Now, there's a war going on, and that war is raging between what the scripture in the New Testament calls the prince of darkness, satanic forces, the prince of the air, is what he is called. And we have the Prince of Peace on the inside. Can I tell you right now, there's a war going on between the princes, the Prince of Darkness, the Prince of the Air, and the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, he said, you can break through the prince and the power of the air. And when you do, you soar into the righteousness of God. Every rocket that is launched from Cape Canaveral, Cape Kennedy, every rocket that is launched, it's shaking, it's fighting, it's got a force pushing it. It's, It's going through the atmosphere. It's it's fighting against the gravitational pull. It's fighting against the outer circumference of gravity until all of a sudden it breaks through. And there, with no resistance, it can reach a speed of 24,600 miles an hour because it has reached that place where there is no resistance. And on this Sunday morning, someone is feeling the prince and the power of the air is stopping you and you're trying to break through. I'm just telling you, don't stop. Don't give up. Push your way forward. There's a breakthrough coming for you. There's a breakthrough coming for your marriage. There's a breakthrough coming for your family. There's a breakthrough coming for your ministry. There's a breakthrough coming for your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your future. It's coming. Hallelujah. How do you know, preacher? Because greater is He that's in you. The thrust behind you is greater than the force in front of you and you're going to break through the prince and the power of the air and that concludes this podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please like share and subscribe and for those of you on itunes leave us a good rating thank you for listening to the nlcc lancaster podcast